Welcome into Cornhusker Connection. I'm Brandon Shanahan, joined as always by the fellas, Tyler Sprinkle and Brooke Byrne. First uh, first episode of 2024, fellas, how's it going? Good. Good. Did you guys have Excited a good New for... Year's? Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Outstanding stuff. Lots of good <laughs> football to talk about here. Um, I, I mean, we got to talk about something. Um, not a whole lot of Husker talk. I, they got a couple of... A, transfer wideouts coming to, to take a look I, not, nothing too substantial um now that the you know the high is kind of worn off from from dylan riola transferring in now it's just waiting till the spring but plenty of other college football going on here um before we kind of dive into it uh, bowl season is pretty much over we just have the national championship game which i don't think is actually considered a bowl game but um do you guys enjoy bowl season oh yeah yeah i did i just um this year, it didn't hit the way it normally does for me, so that kind of bummed me out. Um, but any ball is good ball, so yeah. yes. It's definitely watered-down college football because you're seeing teams second and third strings, and I think the craziest part of bowl season is you'll have guys in the portal, but they're still playing for their old team, which is wild to me, but yeah, it is what it is. I kind of wish there was more of that, though. Like they're still playing for their old teams. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, they're not going to go be able to play for their new team. So it's like, why not yeah. go out and, you know, set, send well, one off the injury falls. risk, I'm sure is a big, yeah, part that's of part of it. And I, I know that like the way that shark Steve Sarkeesian talked about it's like, as soon as you enter the transfer portal, you're dead to me. So, and this probably not as intense, but it, that, that adamant's that's thrown around. It just yeah. kind of depends on where your program's at. Like, Obviously, Sarkeesian at Texas has guys ready to go at all times, but you saw with, like, Western Kentucky, their coach was like, if you're on the sideline and you get the itch to play, like, he would let you suit up mid-game and play, and I think that's just – he was hurting that bad for guys. So, you know, different coaches have, you know. And at the end of the day, it's all business, right? Like, those coaches shouldn't take it personally, but um, I know that the – the male mind does not work quite that way, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, potentially, um, Brooke, have we been on a pod um, since Dylan Raiola committed to Nebraska? I thought we had. Maybe not. I, yeah, I don't know if Brooke was there. I know Tyler and I hopped on a like an emergency yeah. pod. I don't know if Brooke was here. I don't think you were. Well, I would love not. to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah, are you excited? I mean, I'm happy he... You know, put his name on that dotted line. Yeah. His, I mean, his recruitment has been a whirlwind. Happy yeah. he's coming. Happy it's a done deal. But I think things are shaking out for him to be QB1 in the fall, and I'm excited to see it. There's new life in this program um, that seems to find its way here every year. Uh, despite things always going wrong or not according to plan. Um, but this is definitely a, a bigger wind than uh, we've gotten in a while. I don't recall a time I've seen, I will say, such high expectations on a young quarterback at Nebraska than this next year with Riola because, I mean, as I look at that schedule, USC and UCLA don't look as, you know, big and bad as they had going into 23 they're kind of on the downswing. 
there's there's definitely a possibility with good quarterback play we we start nine and zero going into Ohio State, but obviously that means we have to play some pretty good football, and that's just a lot of pressure to put on an eighteen year old kid. But who knows? Yeah, I have all the confidence in the world in him. Um, obviously, he's he's an outstanding high school quarterback, um, but the odds are that he's not going to be that in his first maybe year in college. So um, I just hope that Nebraska fans can just remember that he's an 18 year old kid and it's his first year in college. um, If that is the case. That's what I'm saying. Even with 2 AM, his, his true freshman year, like there were some expectations, but not like this. Yeah. Um, Years two and three from that rule. Usually you see a big jump, but with, a kid who's never played a snap in college football, there might be a little bit of a learning curve there. And I think there's, there's a couple of layers to it. One, I, I feel I was reading an article by Arbitrary Analytics. He's a real good Husker writer. He di- obviously, and he's doing a, a, an article about other five star quarterbacks and how they panned out. And we're talking about guys like DJ Ungalele and uh, Trevor Lawrence and Kyle McCord back in the day. Yeah, I know. I, I got his name quite a bit. I'm working on it. And it's kind of painted in light. Like, not all these guys pan out. And that's true. But it's also like, we're, those are the best of the best in college football. And so even if he doesn't get to that level, because the other level is, he's he's not just coming in as a very talented prospect. He's also coming in as a very talented prospect in the most important position and in the worst area of our football team last year. So yeah, puts up 2 a.m. caliber numbers and doesn't light the world on fire. This team's going to be massively improved just with that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, like Brandon was saying, as long as he's not turning the ball over at a rapid rate, we're going to be winning ball games. Um, I think the biggest test right off the bat for him will be Colorado, and I think Colorado will be vastly improved from a 4-8 and eight season, much like Nebraska will be. But you think with the home field advantage, if if the defense can live up to their end of the bargain and the offense just doesn't turn the ball over, I like our odds. And that was, you know, we probably – I'm not going to say beat, but keep it closer in Boulder this last year if we just don't turn the ball over. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of if ands, and buts there, but I like where we're at. Yeah, yeah well, that's exciting. Frog had wings that wouldn't bump its ass on the ground. So, <laughs> no, oh, and I'm glad you brought up Colorado because I I'm so I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen with them because I, I thought I we got a glimpse on like what the the formula was going to be for them last year. Obviously, they had to turn over an awful awful football team full of players who just aren't good enough to play power five football. And then they also got a top 25 high school recruiting class. They got 20 guys in from high school. And I kind of figured as time would go on, it would kind of shift more towards high school, get to develop your own guys, get to reach into some talent pool. But that wasn't the case at all. They draft, they got what, five, six high school guys and replenishing the transfer portal. And especially at, at a position like the offensive and defensive lines, that's not a high hit rate in the transfer portal. Well, they also rebuilt their whole offensive line last year too, and that didn't work out too well. So I'm very fascinated to see what's going on because I think it could unravel very quickly if it doesn't go well early in year two. 
And my prediction for Colorado is I think their offense will be vastly improved this next year, but I'm not a believer in that defense. They don't even have a defense coordinator anymore. Exactly. And I think Dion's biggest worry was protecting Shadur, and he did address that, but he hasn't really done anything to revamp the defense, I mean, at least that I've seen. So, I mean, they could be in trouble there again. And I think the winning formula for Colorado is Dion kind of playing like a, a CEO kind of head coaching role. But then you also really need really good coordinators around you to kind of fulfill that. And Sean Lewis, I thought, was a good hire last year, and now he's a head coach again. Um, they're out of defensive coordinator again. And I don't know what their answer is going to be, but I can't imagine it's going to be a real highly touted superstar that you need to kind of overcome and elevate that, that defense that minus a healthy Travis Hunter was, was pretty abysmal last year. Exactly. Really interesting stuff. Um, also, while, while we're here, just real quick, if if you had to give grades to first year head, the big three first-year head coaches and Luke Fickle, Matt Rule, and Deion Sanders, what would you give them? Tyler, I guess you throw in Jeff Brom in there. I, I guess I'll go first. I proposed the question. Um, I, I saw, I think, I think probably a, a B minus for for Matt Rule. There's not a whole lot of wins, but there's some momentum, you could say. Recruiting was well, and now it seems like he's got a full grasp of the program. I'd probably have Matt uh, Coach Prime as a, you know, I can't even call him Coach Prime. Make a bowl game, and I'll call you Coach Prime. Coach Deion Sanders. <laughs> um Probably a C minus, and I, I, I'll circle back to him. What would you guys think? I was thinking the exact same thing for Matt Rule, B minus. Um, the vast improvements, as you said, but the wins didn't come, um, so it's hard to give him higher than that. Um, I would, I might go D plus for Dion. Um, I mean, the first week was awesome. I mean, the, the first game of the year for them was incredible. Um, then it just it just was a downhill slide ever since. Um, it seems like just the players didn't respond to the way that he ran the team very well um, coming out in the offseason and, and people leaving and, and even uh, commits decommitting from that team. And it's hard to give him a good grade when he brought in five high school kids. Like that's that's a tough way to build your program. Um, and maybe that's not what he's trying to do. Maybe he's just trying to be there for a couple of years and then bounce out somewhere else, which is possible. Um, yeah, I would say D plus for him. For a rule, I'm gonna go C plus. Um, he did overhaul the culture which was a good thing, but, you know, 0-4 in November definitely can't be ignored. So there was good and bad, but, I mean, I guess a little bit on the positive side for Rule for year one. For Dion, I'm not as much doom and gloom because Colorado was the worst Power 5 team in the country, 1-11. Did start off 4-0. and but the 0 and 8 finish is really bad. So I'm going to go right down the middle and say very neutral C, maybe C minus, because, you know, 
I think Colorado fans will will take the excitement that Dion brings, but with the good, there's a lot of bad because when you have kids saying that you're unapproachable and you're not a likable coach, I mean, that's a bad thing, but you saw at the beginning of the year before the depth started wearing on them that they did start 4-0. So if he can get more guys in, I think maybe seven, eight wins is attainable for him, which would be crazy in year two at Colorado. But right now, like you guys said, he's not getting many guys in in year two, and it's hard to know where he's going from here. Yeah, I'll give him uh, I'll give him a B. Because I think if you just take at – Face value. Because if you had told me, all right, he's going to win four games this year. He's going to beat TCU. He's going to beat Nebraska. I'd be like, that. that's wildly improved compared to the team that he took over. That's so much better. The optics aren't great. The optics aren't great. I Going on an eight-game losing streak to, to wrap up the season. TCU and Nebraska didn't end up making bowl games, so they weren't very good either. So the optics aren't great, but just looking at what he did – or what he took over and what that what the what that floor of that team looked like was still improved from, from when he took over. Um but let's yeah, he's 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 got some big exams coming up that could drop that grade very quickly. Exactly. Yeah. If he what, if he gets into a bowl game in year two, you gotta think that's a win for Colorado, right? Yeah. 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 I mean I I would hope. I, I think a good season would be more than seven wins. I, I think you feel really good about that. I think six to six to eight, you feel neutral. Because I don't think that they play any. I think Nebraska is their their toughest non-con game. So you think if they're you're an optimistic the, Colorado, they're back in the Big Twelve, right? Yeah, that schedule hasn't come out yet, but. Um, Regardless, there's going to be some some brutal matchups. Obviously, um, this is the last year with Texas and Oklahoma, so I'm sure they'll get one, if not both. Um, there's just it's the Big Twelve will put up like you're allowed to, you know, they're kind of offense heavy, but there are some teams that I think are way ahead of them and culture wise and player wise. So, I mean, it just really depends on the draw. If they get Cincinnati and BYU and Houston, it's going to look good for them. But if they get Okie state, Oklahoma, Texas might not be so good. Oklahoma and Texas won't be there next year. Oh, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Oh shoot. I thought they had one more year in there. And that's what, what would give me a little bit more optimism with Colorado is the Big 12 has such a – and the whole coach prime era is that the Big 12 is such a going to have such a power vacuum after Oklahoma and Texas leave that if you can pick up eight wins in year two and compete for a conference championship in year three, I mean, who's to say that Colorado can't be a, a playoff regular winning the Big 12? Yeah. Next year's going to be crazy with 12 teams getting in. And so I guess we don't have to talk. I don't want to talk about Luke Fickle. We'll, we'll talk about him in the offseason. But I do want to talk about the, you know, what if of the expanded playoff. And Brooke, I know you're a big, you're a big Florida State uh, pounder of the table throughout the season. This what, guy, what, I could not stand being around him on Saturday. Oh, my <laughs> God. What was, uh, what was it like watching the, the Orange Bowl for you? Well, I mean, 
you got the national champion, like, freshman team. So, obviously, if you – Kirby Smart came out and said it. Like, that's that's not the Florida State team that played yeah. all year. They had, what, 30-plus sit-outs on a – you know, what is it capped at? Like, 70, 75, and you have half your team sitting out, and you are down to your third-string quarterback. Obviously – they were going to get shit pounded no matter what. But, I mean, there was no reason for any of the Florida State starters to be in that game. And that's what you're going to get when I still think the committee got it wrong. Michigan played bad and they still won, in my mind. Uh, Alabama didn't trust Milrow to throw whatsoever. And then that fourth down call with the game on the line, quarterback draw, wolf. Yeah, I think it's very objective that the committee got it wrong. Because on one hand, you either go with the four most deserving teams and undefeated Power 5 champions should have been in there. Or you want the four best teams. And now you're going to tell me Georgia isn't one of the four best teams, but they lost to Alabama. And now because Alabama's in there, now you have to put in Texas. Those are That's not how you pick the four best teams. No. But if, if Florida State without Jordan Travis gets in, do they do they compete with Michigan? Say that again. If Florida State gets into the playoff and they get to the Rose Bowl, they don't have Jordan Travis, can they beat Michigan? Can they compete? I don't know that they beat Michigan, but they definitely could have competed because that defense was the best part of their team all year, I think. Eventually, I think Michigan would have leaned on them enough, but Michigan's offense isn't super dynamic. Like McCarthy didn't look good. Their run game is obviously their run game. But I don't think Michigan beats Florida State by two touchdowns. I think it's a 7-10 to point game. If that's granted, Florida State's second-string quarterback plays and everyone on the defense. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing. I don't think – I didn't think Florida – uh, Michigan was really capable of really blowing out Iowa, and Iowa's not good at all. Um, yeah, I think I think they would have boat raced Michigan with, with Jordan Travis, and I think that they would have beat them. I think they would have had a chance to beat them without Jordan Travis. And I hate that Michigan's strength of their team is their offensive line and how they can lean on people and run the ball. If Penix can force them out of that and – get up on them early, you're going to see a bad J.J. McCarthy. I just – he just – when he gets to the NFL, he's going to get really exposed because you're not going to have that dominant run game. You're going to have to make some throws. And you saw in the first play of the game, he almost threw a pick. Sure tried to. It's it's like they treat him with kid gloves, training wheels. I just – I don't think he's a good quarterback. And they didn't throw the wall once against Penn State. It's – they run the ball well, and they play really good defense. And that's maybe yeah, how they win a. Yeah, reminds me of when Bill Belichick tossed the ball three times with Mac Jones when he was playing the Bills. So exactly. Uh, reminds me of a hand. So he's going to be a handsome Mac Jones at best. Um, overall, just what, what what were your thoughts during that game? I because it it felt it was such a fun game to watch. I hated that I had to enjoy it and I would have much rather watched a non-SEC team play. But um, overall, great game, I thought. 
Um, neither team looked very good, but it is what it is. And I think that's the beauty of this year is that I don't think there was a team that was head and shoulders better than anybody else. Like we've seen eight of the last 10 years. Yeah. Gun to my head. I think the best team in college football this year, probably Georgia. I mean, just with the talent they have every year, but it felt like Alabama at the end had a chance to step on Michigan's throat and kind of squeeze the life out of that game. And then just Milrow fumbling like that really swung the momentum. And then obviously down the stretch, Milrow not being able to make any throws is, is crazy. You know, as much as he, you know, they were talking about him, he was, he was yelling, give me the Heisman after the Auburn game. And they didn't trust him to throw. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? He is. How did Auburn do in their bowl game, by the way? They got shit pumped by a team without their four-year starting quarterback. Oh, it must be like a, a blue blood, like a like a top ten caliber team if they're going to do Maryland. A team. Oh, Maryland, the Turtles. Oh yeah, the fighting Terrapins, the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Ten East. Come on, what are we doing? But hey, I'm glad Jalen Miller got to win that game. And can so I we were that close to getting no SEC teams in. All they had to do was not get a stop on fourth and thirty eight. That was that was crazy to watch, and there felt like there was some tomfoolery there because how that guy was one on one in the end zone on fourth and thirty, like we're pointing out, was that's a fireable offense by Hugh Freeze, if you ask me. But yeah, they had a spy on Jalen Milrow. It's fourth yeah. and thirty-eight, brother. You put nine guys at the goal line and you take your chances. Yeah, but. Overall, great weekend, I thought, for, for for the conference of the Big Ten. All Big Ten playoff. Um, I was just, I was very disappointed that the playoff games were on Monday instead of Sunday. I get it. I, there are antitrust laws in place, so the NFL can't mess with the college football and vice versa. But it, it just stunk staying up till midnight. And we're not even on, on the East Coast and then having to, to try to go to work the next day. That, that was disgusting. Yeah, I um, I think I went to bed like halfway through the third quarter, um, and then I just checked the score. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a six point game. What the hell happened? And then I heard about the one second thing with Texas again. Oh man, I love to see it get fucked on there. <laughs> as soon as I saw Sark throw up the finger, I'm like, it's it's over, dude. It's <laughs> happening again. I was fucking getting away with this. <laughs> But does that alleviate <laughs> is that is that the latest curse against Nebraska to, to fall now that Texas can't convert on a on a play where they it felt good. To the clock. It, it felt feel damn good. good. But uh don't aren't one of you like a very anti Quinn Ewers? Me. All right. And Hold on. I will say he played pretty <laughs> decent, but he's not Michael Penix. I mean that last drive. I well yeah, just think of that last drive for for Washington compared to that last drive for, for Texas. It's just not, not built for it. Yeah. And I will say Texas played credit to their offense. They went toe to toe with Washington, but I kind of thought going into that game, Texas being favored was pretty crazy to me. You saw how being a 10 point favorite 
in the Pac-12 championship game worked out for Oregon. It's just something about those three really good wide receivers that Washington has. People can't match up with them. They're a tough team. Yeah, I don't understand how Washington keeps being an underdog. So They're an underdog this week against Michigan. They're an underdog last week against Texas. Both of those, I, I guess, I, I can I can stomach. But yeah, 10-point dogs to Oregon, who they beat earlier in the season. And then even two weeks ago, they were dogs against Arizona. And Arizona's good, don't get me wrong, but I mean, can we give Washington a little bit of respect here? And that's kind of, they're kind of the team of destiny this year. They're the TCU, but. Well, I just way better. That doesn't make me feel too good about Washington this week. But there's no Georgia, there's no Georgia waiting for Washington. There's a. That's true. There's a very manageable offense. I don't think Washington at any point will be down by. And I, I could sound really dumb saying this because, you know, Michigan defense is good, and I don't know. I don't think Washington will ever be out of the game Monday. I think they'll always be within striking distance. Yeah, I think there's a scenario where where, Wash, where, where Washington can run away from Michigan, but Michigan can't run away from Washington. They can win and I, win big, but it, it'll never feel – you always got to fight. I would challenge Mitch or Washington's defensive coordinator to stack the box and make McCarthy yeah, throw down the field because I don't think he can do it. No. I don't know. He's had flashes though. Like he'll make some throws. You're like, damn, like that was a nice throw. And then he'll make ones like the first play on Monday where it's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I, well, I mean, he's definitely got talent, and you can see what people see in him. But it's also yeah. like, when when I go do that for sixty minutes, yeah, he. But they never just line up and throw a goal ball like they're intermediate yeah. balls. And every, I swear, every major third down, they were it was a shallow crosser where Michigan just used a speedster to outrun everybody. It's they never just will let him like force the ball or not force the ball. They'll never never let him cut it loose down the field. And that feels like they know he's not very good at that. Well, I wonder if it's more so they know the strengths of their team and they might just outweigh JJ McCarthy a little bit because it's the safer way to play. And if they can just not turn the ball over and use up the clock. I think it's just a safer game plan in their mind, which I agree with. Because as you said, they're going to wear teams down, you know, eventually, right? So yeah. if you let them do that, I think it says more about the staff's mindset than it does about JJ McCarthy. And I don't really know why. If I'm being honest, that makes You're, sense. If you have the run game that Michigan does, I mean, you really yeah. don't need JJ to be special. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. If you can win like that, why not do it? It just feels like a chicken shit cop out for McCarthy, where he gets all this credit for these wins and taking his team to the national championship. When we're, if we're being honest, like he is just a babysitter, a glorified yeah. babysitter for this team. And I don't, I don't want you to think that I think he's some awesome quarterback. I don't think that, but I think he is 
better than you're giving him credit for. Probably. I'm just I, – I get frustrated watching them play because yeah. it feels like it should be so simple to stop them. But obviously when you have five or six offensive linemen who are just better than everybody else, it's, yeah. it's hard – it's hard to stop. It genuinely is. Who did you guys want to win on Saturday on Monday? Washington and I. I, I picked Bama. I don't know that I wanted them to win, but yeah, I was Washington and, and uh, Michigan. Yeah, I, I was. I was. I mean, I'm an anti-SEC guy, so that's what came through, and I was happy to see Michigan win. Um, I would have been very bummed to see Alabama win because all I would have heard is, oh, well, this is why you leave Florida State out of the playoff. Like, <laughs> all right. Florida State could have done that too. And people but, are still going to say that now that they took them to overtime, but whatever. So what? So what? Um, Florida State. It was still a good game though, regardless, right? But, yeah. Like, yeah. sit there and see that. Okay. But it was, it would have been funny for the Jim Harbaugh era to end going over in the playoff. Oh, yeah, also, yeah. his dad is crazy, bro. Like, they look exactly alike. They're the yeah. same fucking person. I well, his brother weird. also looks like both of them, too. It's yeah. those dominant yeah. Arbaugh traits. <laughs> oh, man. And I saw that, too. I was like, that's because the tweet I saw, I was like, oh, you're telling me this isn't just Jim Harbaugh dressed as an old man? <laughs> Dude, in the way when he was getting interviewed, Harbaugh's dad looked just reminded me so much of George uh, George Bush in the wheelchair at the Astros game where he was like he had no idea where he was at. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Oh man, yeah, it, and of course it's always great to see Texas lose. I think that was pretty self-explanatory. That was great. Yeah, as a as a Big Twelve propagandist, it would have been nice, but um, I don't care. Yeah, it's that offense is really good. They're the best team in the Big 12. But something just feels super chaotic with the way Sark coaches. I don't yeah. know. Just kind of dig it. I do think the SEC will be running through Austin and Norman going forward. Um, Maybe Norman. I, I don't know that I could see it running through Austin. Well, I, see, I, I hear people say both. Like, oh, Texas is going to be at the top. Oklahoma doesn't stand a chance, and then the opposite. Like people yeah, I, are I would always almost... one side. It's not going to be. Oh, they're going to compete every year. Like they're going to be fourth, fifth, third best. You know, it's always one end of the or the other. Yeah, I will say, outside of like the top four, maybe five SEC teams, the SEC is garbage. Like, give me Bama, Georgia, Mizzou. Who else? Is that it? Am I miss LSU? Ole Miss. All right. So top five. But after that, like Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Florida's a mess. Kentucky's okay. I'm not going to shit on them. Yeah. So it's like Texas and Oklahoma are going to cakewalk to eight or nine wins every year, but they should be higher than that. So. Yeah. I mean, well, they're coming from a conference that actually plays defense. So it'll be nice to. For them to use that against the SEC, Texas A and M's a bit bad, but who knows with Elko now? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I was, it, I you know the SEC put pulled out a couple of wins that that I was impressed with. Who do you think had the best bowl season conference wise? It's hard not looking at those numbers right in front of me. 
I got Big Ten was okay. I don't I don't know. Probably not great. Yeah, let's see. I, I guess we can look up bowl bowl records. Ohio bowl, State bowl. embarrassed the Big Ten. Jesus, How like awful was that? But Mizzou is tough to watch. Mizzou's tough. I okay, love what so, Eli Drinkowitz is doing there. I I I see it. I don't like it, but I see it. <laughs> Tyler, what's your uh, favorite player for Mizzou again? Uh, the best player to ever play the game of college football. Is that you're talking about? Hell yeah. OLB, Luther Burden. Oh, I wonder where you found out about him from. Dude, I, I just started watching game tape one day, and uh, I just watched decided that to tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so bowl records, ACC with 11 teams went 5-6. and six. The Big Yikes. 12 with 9 teams went 5-4. Four and five and four. Big 10 with 9 teams went 5-4. and four. Excuse me. The Pac-12 with 8 teams went 5-3, and three, and the SEC with 9 teams went 5-4. and four. So, so pretty, I mean, pretty even across the... The SEC wasn't great. They were just about on par with what everybody else was. And if we were doing what we did last year, Brandon, um, waiting the games, I think. I, I, well, I for, for the record, I did, in fact, do that. I got that queued up here. Oh, good. Ready. Let's see it. So, so what I did was I took every bowl game, and I, and I waited it. So you get five points for winning a bowl game. You get 15 points if you win that bowl game against another Power 5 team. Then you get 25 points for winning a New Year's 6 bowl game. And then you get 50 points for winning a college football playoff game. All right, so the SEC probably looks by far the best because Mizzou, Georgia, Bama was in the playoff. I don't know. Let's see the graphic. So we'll, we'll, we'll cue it up here. Should I had a drum roll. So it ended up being pretty even throughout. Uh, the, big, the SEC wins by five points over the Big Ten. And as you pointed out, it was really the, the New Year's Six push that did it. The Ole Miss over Penn State. If you flip-flop those games, it, it's a big swing the other way. Um, Mizzou so over whoever, Ohio State, same thing. I guess whoever wins the national championship game wins out here, right? So I don't wait the, the national championship game unless it's you know for my Big 12 agenda, which if you look at the Big <laughs> 12, uh, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to help that. That was, <laughs> I was kind of a sinker. Um, in my the projection, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I uh, they did, they did. You have to go I, in there and tweak some numbers, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, I gotta cook the books here. So, here's what, what, what my prediction was, and it was the Big 12 winning, or the Big 12 being tied with the Pac 12. Um, you are fucking delusional. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the ACC the, took that personally. Yeah, the, the yeah. well, the ACC wasn't great either. The ACC finished second to last. So the ACC, I need a soapbox. I need um, a soapbox to talk about Louisville. My God, what happened to them? I guess they have all the results here. You just look at it. Listen, oh, they got to, cooked by. Oh boy, that's right. To lose, to only put up twenty-eight points on that terrible USC defense. And to give up 42 to a backup quarterback 
and a team that was absolutely in shambles to finish the year um, was was crazy. I don't know that I've seen a worse bowl performance by a conference champion runner-up in ever. Uh, Brom should be embarrassed by that, and I think you can absolutely call it the Ass Cheeks Conference now because outside of Florida State, there there really wasn't another good team. Wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, the Big 12 is not actually that bad. They finished with 55 points, not 55, or not 50. Because I also put it, if you lose to a group of five team, you get five points taken away. I had Memphis and Iowa State on here twice. So, uh, sure. not that bad. Wait, not that wait. bad. I mean, it's still pretty damn bad, but yeah. <laughs> well, Anytime. I mean, they went, from, they went from the line to a little bit above the line, so we're... Anytime you finish below the Ass Cheeks Conference, it's not good. Yeah. You know, because the, the one logic that I I could sit on is that for the Florida State's not getting it, is that the ACC isn't a power conference. Right, That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. Because then, you know, you don't get in if you're undefeated. And I get that. But, um, yeah, the ACC, yeah, not so good. They're, they're big wins. They don't really have a lot of big wins. They had, they had an opportunity. They... Miami and Rutgers. Rutgers won that game. Uh, North Carolina got cooked by West Virginia. Uh, Clemson luckily pulled it out against Kentucky at the end. Duke barely got by Troy. Georgia Tech. Kentucky and choked UCF. that game away. Yeah, that was a bummer. Well, I didn't know who I wanted to win. I, I was kind of pushing. Wait a minute. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I here we go. Cooking the books. Okay. Well, okay. You, you see, I'm not deleting this for no reason. Kentucky Clemson's on there three times. <laughs> Honest okay, question: gotta, Are you like dyslexic or something? I, I might be. I might be. Okay. It's hard to be a numbers guy when you can't read numbers. Yeah, I, <laughs> there we go. Okay, so now we're. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh my God. How do you put them on there three times? <laughs> well, so, so how the workflow of the uh, of it goes is that I I brought I imported the chart from from Wikipedia here, the import HTML chart, so it updates automatically the score. So I would take these and I would copy them into my results tab, and then I would sort them out by conference. So the yeah, there is some 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 room for human error. That's great. Not that they were on there um, twice. They were on there three, there three times. times. I don't know how that happened. Oh, man. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> great stuff. I needed that. So with that said... um, National championship up next. We got Washington and Michigan. No SEC teams. I was very excited about that. Um, how do you guys think it's going to shape up? I would very much like Michigan to lose. I just don't know if Washington's defense will hold up. Penix might have to put up 40. And I don't know if... Michigan is capable with that, putting up that many points. So I don't know. 
If we're just talking about storylines, Washington winning this game would be like awesome in the last year of their conference. Yes. So with that, um, and I do think Michael Pinnish can put up 40. Um, and I don't think that Michigan can do that. Um, and I think they're going to do exactly what Brooks said is stack the box, make them throw it, and see what happens. I would I would love to be sitting here Tuesday morning where Washington wins by a touchdown or more. It kind of feels like the best-case scenario here because the Big Ten gets the points because they're going to be a Big Ten team next year um, as far as like the, the conference – uh, superiority game goes, but then it's also like the good guys. You know, it's it, it's easy to root for Washington. They their conference collapsed. They they have Michael Penix Jr. who was given a life preserver to get out of Indiana. Built this team up <laughs> with, with Kalen DeBoer in year two, and then they go on um, beat the Evils B uh, of Texas, and then beat the Evils B of uh, Michigan who. As a thousand wins, congratulations! But actual wins against schools of the blind, which, by the way, Brooke, when you would throw that out there, I thought that was just like a bit. Like, oh yeah, it's funny they—they're not actually going to play the school of the deaf. They do. They claim those wins. Yeah, yeah. those are real teams that they have on their win oh, record. So it is. But I think if you go back early enough, I think a lot of those teams do. Yeah, count those. There was. Yeah. Um, I saw a funny one that like. Uh, Nebraska in like the 1800s claims a win over like a couple high school teams, but like there's a lot of colleges like that where you'll yeah. see. Just well, at least those high school teams could hear. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Playing playing a special needs team is pretty boring. <laughs> oh man! So we all got uh, got Washington then. I. I really don't know how this game is going to play out. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think, I think so, too. And that's really what, what I'm rooting for. I could stomach a Michigan win if it's a really good game. But I just give me a good game one time. I think where Michigan gave Bama fits was their offensive line not being able to hold up against some of those blitzes that they were running. If – Penix has enough time to get the ball into those receivers' hands. I think it's lights out for Michigan. But if they put them behind the chains and kind of take those receivers out of it a little bit, then I mean Michigan's gonna Michigan's gonna Michigan. So that'll I think be the key matchup is can Washington's O line give Penix enough time? I think so. Um think so it does a, feel dirty rooting for a left-handed quarterback though i will say that he goes with the devil's hands you gotta love it <laughs> you got to love it just you say just a lot of the so greatest quarterbacks of all time are left-handed mm. so. none that i can think of so oh. yeah, was josh so rosen tim evidently tebow, tim tebow sucks yeah he does whoa he does <laughs> suck uh who was it steve young sucks yeah who's that that's crazy. Imagine not knowing ball. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is Tua. Tua's nice. Go. He's a pro bowler. <laughs> what are we yeah, talking about? So is Mac Jones. How did that work out for him? 
Well, or, I, I guess Broncos got so three pro, pro bowlers. So what does so that mean? Pudgy JJ McCarthy, he got no pro bowl. Yeah. I'd like to shout out um, the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the division yet again. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> That's exactly what I expected. <laughs> like to shout out, bro. He didn't finish in last place in the in the fantasy football league. Congrats, Scooper Slab was a, a valiant team. Well, I won a league. I was in second in one. I was in fourth in one. I mean, I can't be great in them all. <laughs> are you in any I dynasty leagues, or are they all I'm redraft? In, I am. All, I am in two, and I was that was the one I finished second in. Um, my team kind of fell apart. Pollard and Eckler sucked at the end. Jamar Chase at the end was not very good. But yeah. I think those are more fun, honestly. I think so, too. They, they look a lot more fun. I'll preface it. When you have a good team, they're fun. <laughs> when you have a bad well, team, you're just – you're kind of SOL. Yeah, but then at least you it. get to like, okay, well, now my team's so bad, I get a good pick. Or now this – yeah. I feel like there's a little bit more, more weight to it. In your dynasty leagues, do you ever have guys tanking? Yeah, we had two this year, and they're just stacking rookie draft picks. So one really wants Marvin Harrison and obviously Caleb Williams, Drake May. Um, there's going to be a lot of good receivers. Uh, yeah. You better, you better draft Luther Burden. If I, if I get proof. Luther Burden, it's game over. <laughs> He's gonna be up there true? with the likes of Terrell Owens, Chad Ooh. Ochocinco, Jerry Rice. Wow, some big shoes. Just the to thought throw. of like the final week of the season is just two fellas going after the number one pick, throwing out the most disgusting lineup you can think of. I mean, that to <laughs> me is so funny. I'll I'll have to send you guys pictures because we actually had that happen. So, dude, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, we. That's the it's my newest campaign as league champion is, is that we'll, we'll make it a dynasty league. I'm using my platform for for the better of everybody. Since clearly I figured out the redraft format, nothing but trending up, so it's it's over for everybody. Else. I would also like to preface that in Tyler's league, I was intoxicated and in trying to watch the Nebraska Minnesota game while drafting. Hmm. So I was really. I mean, Tyler seemed to do pretty good in that league. Yeah, well, he fell balls first into Christian McCaffrey. That's all he did. <laughs> And, and then <laughs> traded. Was that the one you traded for Lamar in, or is that no? That was the sleeper league. Well, you have Brandon Christian McCaffrey. You're going to be in the semifinals, so <laughs> that worked I out. Mean, I, I hope you would do good. <laughs> yeah, he got McCaffrey at like the eighth pick. Yeah, crazy. And I'm sitting there at ten, and I'm like, my God, am I going to get him? Oh my gosh, talk about overthinking it. So. It's a testament to how dumb some of those guys are. <laughs> well, perfect, fellas. That's all I had. It's been a good season. We'll talk post Natty, and I'm sure we'll you know talk about egg up the off season national championship for the Huskers here in the next few weeks. Any final thoughts before we yeah. wrap up uh, first episode of 24? Uh, Blaine Gavert, 2024 MVP. You'll see this weekend. So, who? Blaine Gabbert. Who does oh, because he he's starting over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the Blaine train. Boy, I mean, if he if they keep it like that in the playoffs, they might actually do something. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, real I'll let you know how the the playoffs are in case you guys were. Yeah, no, we could just just hang out and enjoy. We don't have to stress. Yeah. So, egg on your face. I'm not stressed. 
<laughs> well, I, I mean, this is the first time I've had to care up in the NFL season, so feels pretty good. Mm. Sounds like a lot of apathy going around. You're <laughs> the worst. I know. Uh, that's all I had. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. <laughs>